0: Welcome to Shoujo and Tell, where we discuss shoujo manga, and tell who's hot and who's not, talk about themes, and just generally geek out. Today, August 21st, 2022, so many twos, will be shoujo and about the series Marmalade Boy by Wataru Yoshizumi. I'm your host Ashley McDonald, and I'm joined by Lucy, one of the co-hosts of the Clamcast in Wonderland podcast. Hello, Lucy.
1: Hi, Ashley. <laughs> You're back! <laughs> I am back! Um, me and my co-host Robin joined you a while back to do a Paradise Kiss episode, which is so much fun, uh, but this time I'm back, just me, solo, um, <laughs> which is So lonely. Yeah, <laughs> so lonely. No. Well, this, I don't think Robin has ever read this, so I have great fondness <laughs> for Marmalade Boys, so it seems like an excellent excuse to finally revisit it, since I haven't really thought about it since, like, middle school. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's okay. I had never read it before at all, so it's, we're going we're gonna to get into it. All right. So, everybody, this beginning section is spoiler-free. We'll try to get, keep it really high-level, like what this series is about, our general feelings about it. And then if you haven't read it before or watched the anime, which I've gathered is very different, mm-hmm. <laughs> you you know, can pause it and then we'll, we'll warn you about a spoiler section. All right. So, well, first, Lucy. What is Marmalade Boy about?
1: Okay, so Marmalade Boy follows Miki Koishikawa, a high schooler who lives a fairly normal life, that is, until her parents come back from a trip to Hawaii and announce that they've fallen in love. No, not rekindled their relationship. They met a couple on vacation and each fell in love with a member of that couple. The four of them decided the only logical thing was to divorce their current partners, get married to their new loves, and live in one giant house together with Miki and the other couple's teenage son, Yu. Miki resists this at first, uh, but comes to see how happy your parents are with this new arrangement, and eventually adjusts to it. She also quickly adjusts to having you as a stepbrother, and while he annoys her at first, her feelings start to change. (laughs) And that's as far as I can go, really, without it getting too spoilery. Uh, (laughs) But I do have a fun fact for you guys. Um, And this was in the, the old Tokyo Pop printing of the manga that I reread. Apparently Marmalade Boy was the first series Tokyo Pop printed in, like, the Japanese format without flipping comics to read in the Western style, which is so wild to think about, like, right now when virtually all manga is printed normal (laughs) without being flipped. (laughs) Like, can you imagine?
0: (laughs) No, I definitely read that note and I was like, where am I? What decade is this? (laughs)
1: Yeah, there was a little note saying, like, we just started doing this. Would you like to see more manga like this? And I was like, ha! You have no idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, Tokyo Pop, we would.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think this also kind of shows that Marmalade Boy was one of the first of its kind of this like kind of slice of life shoujo to be released in the U.S. At least during the heyday of the early two thousands when manga and anime like really started being brought over in a big way, especially like shoujo manga. Uh, the first five chapters of the series were also released in floppy comics, which they were doing for a while in this oh, bygone era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I bought them at the time. Um, oh. I pulled a quote from the author's bio, which I think just, like, encapsulates the era. The Marmalade Boy anime served to heighten awareness of yoshizumi suns title to the point that even anime fandom in the US, starved for popular shoujo manga and anime, became aware of it. Just attempt a search for Watado Yoshizumi or Marmalade Boy on any search engine, and you can find U.S. fan sites for the series with as great of ease as Cowboy Bebop or Trigun, <laughs> which really just, like, sets you in this era. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> so Marmalade Boy really is, like, a little part of manga history, even here in the U.S., which it, where I don't think it hit quite as big as it did in Japan, but it still kind of has that piece of our history.
0: Yeah, I, I would say, like, for sure, like, Marmalade Boy particularly because it has such a long anime i'm like we don't get that anymore we don't even get shojo anime period that one had a 76 episode anime i'm like that's that's redundant.
1: yeah yeah and like i watched the anime at the time and it like it definitely lasts a while <laughs> <laughs> you're like it's very long. okay
0: so yeah okay so the next thing is like what's our level of familiarity with the mm-hmm. series so i was like i know of marmalade boy before reading this manga right now I had not watched the anime before it's very long <laughs> so and I think I have, I've had the eight volume I knew I had the eight volumes of Marmalade Boy for at least a year and I, I just assumed that I didn't have all of them because I knew the mo- the anime was so long and I thought that was like a Fushigi Yugi situation where they were like really faithfully adapting something that was longer <laughs> but no it's more of a full moon a situation where that was also eight volumes, and they made it into like a fifty-four episode anime that diverges, you know, from <laughs> from the manga and goes real slow. So uh, I was wrong. <laughs> that's, that's what I
1: say about that. Yeah, that length of the anime is definitely kind of intimidating. Now, like, I think if it were being made now, it would maybe be like. 26 episodes. I don't know. I feel like you could <laughs> Yeah, condense. they'd be like
0: this is a 12 episode anime now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <right? laughs> we don't need all this stuff in here. Like they made horamiya which is much longer into a 12 episode anime and they crammed it all in there and I'm like I mean good for you. You went way too fast, but like that's what they would do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not?
0: <laughs> why not? <laughs> um yeah lucy but you have a, a more storied history clearly <laughs>
1: this yeah series it's it's kind of beloved to me just because i discovered the series when i was in middle school via like fan subbed vhs tapes that oh, i would get such a throwback i know right <laughs> and i would get them i wasn't old enough to have like the means of the internet to find them but the local comic book store was actually like very welcoming of anime and very welcoming of like teen girls who wanted anime Hmm. and so they had like this back section that was like behind the counter and stuff where they kept the fan subs and they'd give them out to you like for free and you just bring them back when you brought back them because they had like rentals also so you would really easily like rent a normal thing and they'd be like hey you can take some of these too and just bring them back and it was you felt like you were part of this like exclusive little inner circle yeah (laughs)
0: Probably a little like club there or something mm-hmm.
1: and i distinctly remember the guy telling me like oh yeah this is really popular in japan but we'll never get it here unfortunately so when we eventually did i remember being like oh wow things have changed <laughs> you're like that guy's salty <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> oh man and it was i mean i don't think i ever finished the anime it's like we were saying it's really long for especially for a shoujo of this type it's 76 episodes but I did get pretty far. So in my memory, it mostly follows the same plot of the manga with most of the same characters, but they expand a little. But then there's this like filler arc that happens kind of before like the final arc of the series where like Yu goes to America to be an exchange student and like Miki has like an American exchange student staying with her and like, his brother's in America with you. And I think they have like beef. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh yeah. So I know I made it to that part. And I think either I lost interest in that season or I just like, we stopped getting the fan sub, or possibly it got announced that they were really licensing. So maybe they stopped making the fans subs. I don't know. I, I feel like I dropped off somewhere in there and had never actually read the end until like yesterday. <laughs> so that was exciting. <laughs>
0: And you were like, whoa, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but at the time when I first discovered it, it was really the first like shojo of this kind that I'd seen. Like I hadn't encountered any other kind of slice of life, like high school drama type shojo. I'd seen Sailor Moon, obviously, and like the big shonen hits like DBZ and like Pokemon and stuff. Um, but this was kind of my first taste of one of the more like, I guess, traditional shojos. And as a result, a lot of the like parts of the series that kind of feel tropey now felt like fresh and new to me then and yeah I did like some research I couldn't find anyone claiming that Yoshizumi originated any of this any of these tropes and I know some of them are just like kind of classic drama stuff anyway but I do think Marmalade Boy was one of the big shoujo mangas that like helped make that those tropes more prevalent especially you know in the U.S. I think it was some people like me's first encounter of some of these more like cliche shojo drama tropes
0: <laughs> yeah for sure i also tried to do research because i was like this was a really big series so i thought it would be easier to find like even you know fan essays about it but it like really wasn't and i was like oh this is disappointing yeah, <laughs> but like yeah. i also assume because i i know what you're talking about like shojo at that time for me when I was first getting into is like Shugi Yugi, which, you know, is kind of like fantasy. There's some power. She goes to another world, Isekai. Mm-hmm. Uh, Escaflowne was also a really big one. Again, another Isekai. You know, Cardcaptor Sakura is kind of slicey, li- slice of lifey, but also, <laughs> you know, fantastical elements to it. So not really. And like, then I feel like we skip to like Fruits Basket and Oron, which again, still have like, they're either overt comedies or still have a fantastical element to them. So I feel like, yeah, today I associate like more more of what at least what we get in America today is these kind of slice of lifey like high school <laughs> drama romances that are all really big now, but I don't I don't feel like that was so so big back then. So it's kind of fallen off of people's radar like kind
1: of like lost to history at this
0: point in a way i don't know yeah because
1: there really was kind of a little wave around the same time we got marmalade boy we got like peach girl and like mars and like a couple other ones that i don't remember like i have old smile magazine copies that have like you know various like planet ladder although i guess that's more fantasy and stuff but Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys did episodes <laughs> on that. I want to reread it before I listen. But, yeah, there's there's just, like, I don't know. It was definitely part of this wave of shojo that we got, and then I guess kind of has ebbed. Although now we're getting a little bit more, like, Jose-type stuff, too, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, like, I don't know, Wiltakai we'll, we'll, we'll and stuff. Like, we're getting... Mm-hmm. We get some, but we we I feel like we don't get the same level of, like, just kind of fun, poppy high school drama stuff.
0: No, we don't, and I feel like, for me, the height of it is, like, the fact that Iosaki Saka, the author of, like, Our Harder Ride, Strowbitch, mm. Love Me, Love Me Not, like, she's so big in Japan, and, like, she's, like, okay <laughs> in America, <laughs> I think, yeah. like, nothing nothing remarkable in america and i'm like but she's so huge in japan (laughs)
1: like
0: yeah we just don't like this stuff over here for some reason (laughs)
1: yeah i feel like they've just not no one's quite figured out the way to market it because i'm sure that people would eat this up but i feel like so like they just haven't quite hit the the right way to target the like the audience that wants this because it may be like a slightly less, like, nerdy otaku audience would really, really love this. I mean, and the nerdy otaku audience does, but I feel like there's a lot of potential, but I don't know, we kind of haven't, like, found the way to hit that. And I mean, it could be that there are some things in these series that are, like, not necessarily what we consider appropriate for the audience that they're aimed at. Oh, I don't know what you're (laughs) talking about, Lizzie. (laughs) I know, mysterious. (laughs) True,
0: true. Well, okay, Lucy, so what's your favorite aspect of the series? How should these people be marketing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think they should be marketing it, like more to the people who just read romances in general, especially like a, I don't know, like slightly younger maybe romance audience. But for me, I think Marmalade Boy has like a good dose of the kind of romance and like friend drama you find in, you know, most shojo series of this type. You've got miscommunications, love triangles, age gap relationships, unrequited love, rumored homosexuality. It's got it all.
0: I forgot about the rumored homosexuality.
1: Oh, it comes back a second time in the anime in that filler arc I discovered. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whether the she- the series delivers on all of these aspects with the kind of, like, depth and satisfaction that I'd require now and probably could have used then, eh, I don't know that it does, but I think it's still a fun read. And honestly, the big draw for me is, like, nostalgia. And, you know, obviously it reminds me of a time in my life. And there are sort of some, like, weird similarities between me and like the series like i too worked at an ice cream store for my first job <laughs> which happened after i'd read this but my aunt owns the ice cream store so it was kind of like known that i would probably work there for my first job and like right one of her characters like ends up being a, a writer novelist magically quickly and i'm like i too would like to be magically quickly a writer or author please <laughs> right i'm like hmm
0: this is the kind of stuff that ruined me as a child. Mm-hmm. Thought I thought doing that stuff was easy, and now <laughs> I'm like, that is so hard. That's so hard.
1: Yeah, but but there's a lot of in there, a lot of stuff in there that I think like still, you know, kind of hits the right notes for me. So it's it's you know got its quirks and it's like things that have not aged as well, but I still think it's like a fun read.
0: Yeah, well, so for me, I obviously don't have this nostalgia thing. And I agree that there are things in it I'm like, all right, (laughs) we've moved past this as a culture, Mm -hmm. at least in America. We're like, we're over these tropes, right, to some degree. But for me, what I like about it is I I used to be really, really into Gossip Girl. And, you Mm -hmm. know, at least in the show, it eventually has the thing where, like, Dan and Serena become step siblings, but they still want to, like, date and everything. And I'm like, it reminds me. Heavily of that. (laughs) Um, So, you know, the me who like that um, and the me who also loves more contemporary slice of life shoujo that are kind of like, I don't, it's just, I can't think of a better word, but like wholesome, squeaky clean kind of stuff is more what we get more mundane Mm. interactions I feel Mm -hmm. um I think that Marmalade Boy is actually like a good balance between those two extremes because it never dwells on like it's so dramatic (laughs) but it never dwells on it too long right it's only eight volumes so any one argument only takes like one to three chapters to resolve it's not like and here's a three volume arc where the miscommunication just keeps getting out of hand you're like I wish they would just talk to each other, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. we don't really get that, and but it's also like there's yeah a lot of problematic relationships in here, regardless of that. And you're like, all right, maybe I don't love that so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really kind of like our contemporary like wholesomeness that we've got going on. <laughs> yeah. That's just me, for better or for worse. I'm not saying that that's all good either, but, you know, that's
1: that's how I feel about that situation. Yeah, there are definitely times where I'm like, did we need this? Did we need this?
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, we'll we're going to get into it. So so I do have to mention that Marmalade Boy is currently out of print in English. Um, Lucy and I both read the super out of print Tokyo Pop versions <laughs> here. Again, for better, for worse. <laughs> um But Seven Seas is going to release it in a collector's edition, I presume in the next year or two, like they announced it a couple of months ago, not even. So it shouldn't take them too long, but also it could take forever. So don't quote me, (laughs) Um, but you will be able to read it again soon, everybody. So that's that's good.
1: Yeah, it's so exciting. And that news came like after we decided to make this episode. Right. (laughs) It's just we're very on the cutting edge, I guess. This
0: this is the exact same situation I got into with Jacob where we got asked a question of whether Fruits Basket would ever get an anime again. We recorded the episode and then like a week later they were like, "Yeah, we're going to reboot it as an anime." <laughs> and I was like, "Are you joking? Like that's nuts." <laughs> <laughs> In other words, I can will things into existence. So everybody tell me what you want willed into existence and I'll I'll start working on it.
1: Yes. More Motohagyo. More Motohagyo.
0: More Motohagyo. Okay. (laughs) I feel like that is being worked on actively. Yes.
1: (laughs) We'll see. I'm so glad to. All right. So now we're
0: going to jump into spoilers. So if you have not read or watch Marmalade Boy, you can stop here, come back later if you want to go watch it or whatever. And otherwise, we're going to spoil all the things. So here we go. So I think we should, most of this episode is going to be powered by listener questions or comments because there were actually a lot of them. I think this is the most I've ever gotten. So y'all have lots of feelings about Marmalade Boy. Um, But, you know, just for to like jog people's memories or give our general feelings about any one character, we're going to quickly try to go through the characters. So, Miki, did you like her? (laughs) Yes,
1: I like her. She's, you know, a little frustrating at times, but she feels very believably like 16 or whatever. And like (laughs) her, you know, level of outrage or surprise or emotions kind of really fits with, you know, where she is in life. So I like her.
0: Yeah. I also, like, I feel like a lot of the characters actually have a good balance of sometimes you're like, wow, that's really mature of you. You've really learned a lot. And then they do something, like, super dumb. And you're like, yeah, you're a teenager. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Good balance. Yeah. In general, I think Miki is, like, cute and everything. I feel like I don't, well, we'll get into that later, but i <laughs> just like... <laughs> Miki's cute. I love how she changes her hairstyle all the time. Sometimes I'm like, "You look like Miyaka from <laughs> Shikiyuki." That's fun. She just has she has a range. She's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but you though?
1: Oh, he's trickier. I think I ultimately like him, but I definitely like. <laughs> I think I'd like him better in like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> like he needs to kind of get over him, himself and some of his stuff, and like not be a jerk all the time, especially in the beginning.
0: Yeah, this manga definitely has the syndrome where all of the guys are very pushy in the beginning and you're like, you need to simmer down, sir. Yeah, they
1: need to stop just kissing people. Like I, I think I counted four non-consensual kisses. Like in the total manga, one of them was more of a surprise than like a t- assault, but three of them I think were like <laughs> three of them were assaults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, which is, you know, that's one every other volume, so that's not a great hit rate here.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, like, the girls kind of... I mean, they're mostly, I think, guys. One of them might have been a girl, but doing the, the kissing...
0: It's mostly the guys, though. It's mostly you and Kinta, let's
1: be real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they need to, like, chill back and not do that.
0: Yeah, and you, like, you know, what he likes about Miki is that he's like, you just have emotions all the time you emote all the time and it's so obvious what you're thinking and he tries to like guard himself all the time and it's like yeah bro you need to talk use your words okay (laughs) you have this one very particular problem that you make a lot of assumptions about and they're all always wrong so just use
1: your words (laughs) yeah and he can be a little like patronizing and I'm like whoa guy you're also like 16 like I know you think you're mature and you're carrying the weight of the world but like back up
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah He's one of those 90s anime boys where, like, in retrospect, you're like, the 90s were really good, though. So, like, what's your issue? (laughs) Like, why are you so emo about this? Like, there's there's no need for this. (laughs) I also, so, like, the title of Marmalade Boy, he's supposed to be, like, the opposite of a (laughs) tsundere. And I'm like, I don't think he quite achieved that. But okay,
1: Yeah, it's. we'll talk about the title because i think it's one of the questions but it definitely feels a bit forced for like legitimate reasons (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i don't know i go back and forth on him overall i think he's good but he's got some growing to do
0: overall he's okay yeah i'm like you're not my favorite boy (laughs) that's okay um then we get meiko which oh
1: boy yeah this character's a lot Uh, i guess we should just address the (laughs) The age gap relationship in the room. Um, yeah, she ends up in a relationship with her teacher. Uh, we, I think they met when she was in middle school. Before he was technically her teacher, which is skeezy in a different way. Yeah, <laughs> I was like does that make it better, Lucy? I don't it think doesn't, so. but it's different. And it, you know, at least he like has to resign over it and stuff. I mean, I guess we'll get to it, but. I don't know. I kind of felt for her because at on the one hand, I understand she sort of feels like that character. I mean, I think I identified most with her. Like, I feel like she got like a little bit mature more like before the other people in her age range. So she kind of had that right. like slightly old soul vibe or whatever, uh, yeah. which is, you know, cool. But it does. It feels to me like now as an adult looking down, I'm like, oh, that really did leave you open for this guy to kind of take advantage of you. And your, like, lack of fitting in with your age group or whatever. But, eh, I mean, it's it's portrayed in a romantic way. And, like, I guess sometimes those things can work out. But, eh, this was definitely Eh. one of the aspects we were like, did this need to happen?
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I was. So there's a lot of things in this manga. I feel that in the setup of them, I was like, okay, you can set that up. And you can still come to a good conclusion. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like either of the big things, which is who is Yu's dad and this Mako relationship with her teacher, who is Namura. I didn't feel like either of those came to a conclusion that I was like, I'm cool with that conclusion. No, <laughs> no, no not, not at all. <laughs> like, What is happening? Yeah, I agree. And I also, I like Meiko and I agree. I think especially when I said the like sometimes they, you know, seem really mature, but then they do something really stupid and you're like, yeah, you're <laughs> you're 16 or whatever. I think that's super true of Meiko. Mm-hmm. Like for the most part, it's like mature, 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 trying really hard, doesn't fit in. Like, I agree. I was also kind of like that in high school. Like I really always wanted like teacher's pet like nonsense going on with me and everything never in a romantic way because that's Mm -hmm. creepy no (laughs) but like I was like I get it that's cool but then Mako's just like I will never love another person again like it has to be Nomura and I'm like no no you're 17 you know like that's it's not it you
1: don't know anything (laughs) don't know anything (laughs) yeah and she's so staunchly like against marriage but not relationships In the beginning, because her parents are, like, in a horrible relationship that they refuse to get divorced, but they're both cheating on each other. And, like, I don't know. I I really, like, I understood that from her perspective. I was like, yeah, I can see where you'd be, like, romance is fine, but, like, marriage is a broken society thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then by the end, she's just like, nope, I'll just move for the man and marry him. And yay. And I was like, oh, Right. And it was not like overtly discussed
0: that tension after that. Like she didn't be like, oh, yeah, you know, I decided to philosophically change my mind for X, Y, Z reason. I don't feel like we were shown like X, Y, Z reason either. And I'm just like, okay,
1: Yeah, I feel like she kind of threw out a little like, oh, yeah, I know I used to think that. But if it's him or something and I was like, oh, God, okay." I don't know that I'm satisfied (laughs) by this
0: no yeah it's like that is not a good answer no <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I did love her like the plotline of her becoming a budding novelist where like in the beginning she's in the literature club and hangs out in the library and like someone keeps being like do you write and they kind of like we'll get to the character but encourage her to like actually write a novel and then she like over the course of the summer writes it submits it for an award wins the award and basically becomes famous
0: how much did that bother you as a writer i
1: was like no 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 if you wrote that in the summer it would not be good (laughs) it's (laughs) unlikely you would write it in a summer and then the award process like takes time
0: (laughs) yeah you're like they have to read it and read all these other submissions and come together and like decide yeah yeah, yeah.
1: especially because i think in japan summer break's not that long like they it's not like us where they were like three months off uh, so i was just right. like no i don't believe that this just happened while she was on summer break
0: right for sure and i i was trying to be like all right you know what Japanese novels are generally like shorter than mm. ours it still doesn't make any sense no it does
1: yeah maybe she'd been writing it secretly all like for a while and then mm, submitted it secretly but it definitely felt to me like it all happened in the summer but I mean it's fine it's fantasy it's like a you know <laughs> fulfillment wish fulfillment type part of the series like that's okay I can forgive a lot of that for the wish fulfillment of like teen fantasies like that takes me a long way, but I'm still, like, a little irked. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, for sure. I was, too. I was, like, come on now. Seriously, this is the kind of stuff that would ruin me as a child.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, like, what kind of writer am I? I didn't get an award for a novel I wrote in the summer when I was 17.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm, like, all I did was write fan fiction. And I'm, like, what? I don't, now I'm just a washed-up has-been at the age of 32. like, I
1: understand. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So that's fun. Okay, so now we're the the other people are all more side characters, but there are quite a few of them. So here we go. The
1: parents.
0: (laughs) So I kept like I honestly didn't know much about what the series was about before I just started reading it because I had it and we're gonna podcast about it. I was like, cool, okay. So like every page in the beginning, I was like, whoa, wait, what's happening? And I kept showing it to Asher and he was just like, wow, you're reading a manga like about swingers. And I was like, I don't think that's that's quite
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) Yeah, I was I kept being like, oh, if this was written now, I think they'd just be in like a polyamorous relationship without all this like divorce and remarry bullshit. But I kind of loved it. I was like, these crazy (laughs) people, I just want them to live their best life. (laughs)
0: Right? I was like, I'm not against this though. Like, this is fine. Like, it's convoluted and strange, and they probably should have given their kids more warning, but like, fine. That's that's cool. Yeah,
1: they maybe could have handled it differently, <laughs> at least at first, but I mean, like, especially by the end, which I don't know if we're getting into the super spoilers yet, but by the end, you're kind of like, okay, this makes a bit more sense logically, but still, guys. <laughs>
0: My feelings about them just, like, wavered the whole time. Like, sometimes I'd be like, they're fine! And then other times I'd be like, no, God. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have love triangle man, Ginta. Yeah. Who I did not like.
1: Yeah, he... uh, He just feels like a roadblock, you know? Like, he gets character (laughs) development, but he just feels like he's there to complicate things in the beginning. And, like... And he's so aggressive. He's so aggressive, especially considering, like, he turned her down. Like, not intentionally or whatever, but pretty traumatizingly. Okay, he could
0: have just, again, used his words after that. Instead, they're like, let's not talk about it for two years (laughs) or (laughs) whatever, until a year. (laughs) Yeah, like... And then secretly, we both loved each other. It's like, no, stop.
1: Yeah, it's really dumb. Like, I guess to quickly sum it up, apparently in the past, before the series started... Miki confessed to Ginta, who had kind of been like her best guy friend, that she liked him. and But she did it in a letter, not directly. And so she caught him reading the letter aloud with his guy friends, or they were reading it aloud, whatever. And him being like, no, I could never like her like that. And then she gets all hurt. And then when we learn about it from his perspective, the his friends had found the letter and he was kind of just like bolstering to like not offend his friends who did like Miki but like I don't know what he thought was gonna happen then because he did like her I don't know he thought his friends were gonna just forget about and then not notice that he started dating her like I don't know what the game plan was
0: but I don't think he didn't have a game plan <laughs> despite being good at tennis he's like I had no game plan
1: yeah I mean to be fair when it if I didn't also have a game plan for weird drama when I was in middle school. Like, sometimes it just happens, but...
0: He clearly hasn't read enough shoujo manga to know that she would overhear this
1: conversation (laughs) and
0: run away dramatically.
1: Clearly. (laughs) But then he just, like, yeah, instead of just explaining at the time, oh, I was just, you know, lying to my friends because they caught me off guard or whatever, like, he just doesn't, I don't think, even maybe apologize like, I don't know that he ever actually apologized until later, but they just, like, don't talk for a while and then start talking again. But, yeah, just, like, never acknowledge it happened until the, like, drama is happening with her maybe liking you. Until
0: you come <laughs> along. He's like, no, you can't like another man.
1: Yeah, he's just such a jerk. And I'm like, dude, like, what was, again, what was your game plan here? You rejected her for, as, you know, as far as she knows, for all intents and purposes. You told her you didn't like her. And you still like her, and she probably still likes you, maybe, but you really, like, botched that. What was your... Did you expect to just wait a while and then change things? Like, (laughs) I don't know.
0: She would just try again after four years. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. And I I did enjoy... He gets his own little, like, romantic subplot eventually with another character that we'll talk about, but... And that was fine, but I just... I don't know, I... (laughs) I I could have done without him. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of love triangles. I'm always kind of like ah, just I don't know. Just be in both relationships. Just have a happy triad. Yeah, polyamory I don't know. is always the answer. <laughs> yeah, polyamory is always the answer. <laughs> At least talk about it, guys. Maybe it'll work out. Yeah, this
0: one just feels like I- I'm not opposed to love triangles. I think they can be good, hmm. especially. But I don't or like maybe I shouldn't say that maybe I should say I like it when you know who's gonna win the love triangle mm-hmm. whereas in the beginning of this I was like they both kind of suck <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I don't know that I want either of them to win the love triangle like you know I'm thinking of like the Hunger Games with Katniss, <laughs> yeah. Peeta, Gale you're like I don't want Gale to win like Peeta's a sweet boy and he deserves to win but you like get why she likes Gale you're like that's logical. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. But I just feel like with these two, I was like, eh. Or like, I'm thinking of like Waiting for Spring too, where it's just like, one guy is obviously the sweet, nice boy who she actually loves, and the other one's just trying to like, get in there. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause trouble, and you're like, get out of here.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I think there's a difference between like, a love triangle and just like, a rival that's trying to be in the way, <laughs> which is maybe more yeah. what this was. I don't know. it. Hmm. It,
0: it didn't quite work for me, but yeah, it it just didn't work. But we can talk about Yinta's eventual partner Arimi, mm-hmm. who was super into you initially, for whatever reason. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> um, he's
1: mysterious.
0: Because <laughs> he's weird and mysterious. He's so mysterious. It's very irksome to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a teenage girl anymore, so I just don't. I don't get it anymore. But okay. Um, And she's like, no, we are a perfect match And then, you know, pair the spares, you guys <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, basically
0: <laughs> And she's Okay, I don't really get a strong sense of her Other than she's like I was destined for you Okay, I'm not destined for you I'm gonna start going to, like, track practice again Okay
1: Yeah, I think I had, like, residual annoyance With her baby from the anime Because I feel like with it being so much longer, you have to draw all that stuff out, and so I think her, and I like, I rewatched a couple episodes of the anime for this, but not her section, but I feel like it's just, it's so much longer of her being like, but I'm meant to be with him, and he's meant to be with me, and you seem wishy-washy, which I do get her argument of being like, when you couldn't decide on him, it was annoying, but once you made your mind up, like, okay, as long as you're actually making him happy, I can accept this, but... Right, that part made sense. Yeah, so I'm glad she kind of eventually deals with it, but I don't know. I feel like her and Ginta are not going to be together forever. I feel like they were just kind of rebounding on each other.
0: <laughs> they're really, yeah, They, Ginta like really leans into it too. He's like, we're going to be together forever. We had a romantic kiss in a McDonald's or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big McDonald's thing was in there, and I was like, mm, okay, sure.
1: Yeah, I th- whatever you think. I think that was my third non consensual kiss, where he like he kind of surprised her with it. And she was like, "Well, that was my first kiss, and I wish it had been more romantic." And I was like, "Dude, read the room better. Stop it.
0: <laughs> Get with the program. You're in a McDonald's." <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, he's also Ginta's of of the people who have forcibly kissed Miki. You does it while she's asleep, or he thinks she's asleep, which, like, ah, don't do that. No. The Kinta, I think, yeah. just, like, they're having a conversation and he just, like, attack kisses her. And I'm like, really? Don't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and, he, and she's, like, blatantly like, no, stop. And he's like, no, I'll show
0: you that it's good. And she's like, stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I guess you could argue his might be just another instance of not reading the room right, where he thought he was getting signals that he was not getting. But, oh, just, like... It's not unromantic to be like, can I kiss you now? Like, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and there, I mean, there are nonverbal cues too. Like, guys, let's not, let's not romanticize. Like, just making assumptions.
0: Yeah, making assumptions. Not listening when they say no. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. This is definitely up a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so now we should talk about Mieko's potential partners, which are Namura and Miwa. And I would say with the teacher, I was like, good. He got, you know, he resigned. He he went into a different field. He was like, I'm going to pray on little girls. Maybe that's not good. I'll just go into a field where I interact with fewer young girls, yeah. right? I was like, cool. I was like, <laughs> good, as
1: responsible as possible. Like, okay.
0: I was like, that's good. But then you know, she comes to get him in Hiroshima, and I was like, All right, he's still holding the line. He's like, No, 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 no. And then he breaks, and I was like, Oh, n- oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Oh, baby, you drive me crazy or something else. Like, you make me lose control. I was like, Ah.
1: Yeah, it just, ugh, all kinds of uncomfortable. Like, oh, uh, I mean, as a character, he's just kind of like blah to me. Like, he didn't have a great personality, and like, <sighs> the whole relationship right? is just deep sigh. Deep sigh.
0: I really I really like Miwa though. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I think
1: when I was young, he was the one I thought was cute.
0: Aw. <laughs> I think I still think he's the cutest now. Mm-hmm. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he's like he seems, you know, he's a bit pushy too, because all of them are pushy. Mm-hmm. But like a bit toned down, a bit like actually trying to get her to do something she wants to do, like write a novel. Apparently, yeah. and I'm so upset for him that that backfires on him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I really did like. Well, I guess we'll talk more about shipping later, but I liked his approach to her better, and he seemed like the most kind of like self aware, I guess, of the characters, like. Mm. he really had fun teasing them but he also kind of knew when to stop and like step back and there's this this whole subplot with where people think he and you are are dating or something and (laughs) he just kind of rolls with it and has fun and like you know it's fine i wish that maybe someone had in this actually been gay because we don't get any gay characters but yeah i liked him i thought he was fun
0: yeah of course, I was like, of course, the one with long hair. It's like you got to think that he's gay,
1: <laughs> but you have to emphasize what a playboy he is with all the girls, so that. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, but actually, he's
0: just a ladies' man, mm-hmm. so it's good. <laughs> um. Then we get a bunch of strange, in my opinion, side characters. So we get Roku Tonda, who first of all has the best name.
1: He does even as a kid when I was like. Didn't speak any Japanese. Watching these little fan subs with bad audio, I was like, "Rokutanda" is a really fun Rokutanda. name. Rokutanda.
0: <laughs> What's his first name? Like Totsumu Rokutanda. Yeah, it's just something. so fun to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Totsumu
0: Rokutanda. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the only good quality about him. <laughs> yeah,
1: his personality is that he has been in love with Arimi slash stalking her since they were children and needs to back the hell up.
0: <laughs> he needs to stop. <laughs> yeah. And he initially had DeLandau, like parted hair. Yes. And I was like, You're evil, get out of <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently in the anime he gets a love interest, but I don't remember how that happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're like it shouldn't have. <laughs> he doesn't deserve that happiness. Yeah, not
1: yet. He needs to also work through some of his stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Then we get Kay, who also works at the ice cream shop with uh, Miki, mm-hmm. and he has some weird mystery. He's secretly a great concert pianist, and but he's like running away, and he's you know last minute like. You and Miki both think they're cheating on each other with different people. So, like, you know, Miki's being accused of cheating with Kay. And I'm like,
1: uh, what's it? I don't need <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, at least the one accusing him was like a confused child or middle schooler. Like, <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> like, so I felt like less bad about that. But this, that's definitely like, I like his plotline of the like, he got, he had been pressured or he had enjoyed being a pianist, but then the pressure got to him so much that he had to just like have a rebellion and step away and not do anything for a while. Like I, I was interested in that. Right. But like, he goes so hard after Miki, like she loses this very important bracelet and he's about to like tell her he has it until she's like, well, I got it for my boyfriend. And then he's like, no, I keep no. it. And I'm like, dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Not <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Again, I was like, I want to like you, but you make it so hard. Just yeah. Why? No, I did appreciate, yeah, his his tension where he was like, I wanted to have fun playing the piano. And people were like, no, <laughs> you got to just play this song that you don't even like. And he's like, forget that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really, I, I liked that part. Because definitely anything in childhood that I did that I ended up quitting, it was that like, I did okay at it. And then when it, like, got ramped up and became competitive, I didn't enjoy it anymore. And then I stopped doing it because there was just too much pressure. And I just wanted to, like, be on the swim team and be in a pool. I didn't want to compete or take ballet for the fun ballet, not the competition.
0: Interesting. I definitely was fueled by competition Mm. as a child. And, like, in orchestra, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. I'm, like second chair first violin but only because my friend who was like way better than me had dropped out that year and I was like I there's nowhere else to go <laughs> like not having somewhere that I could achieve beyond that made me like very confused mm, <laughs> I yeah like, okay so I, I I like needed that but I understand that like I I always feel this struggle of like doing anything even doing this podcast half the time I'm like does this make the shoujo manga less enjoyable <laughs> because I have to do it for a thing, you know? Like, I'm like, this is a double-edged sword.
1: <laughs> okay. Totally, yeah. There, there's a magical thing. Like, I guess magical makes it sound good, and I don't think it is, but we're like, I can be really excited about a series, but then once it becomes, like, a thing I have to do, I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. I'm really going to enjoy it, and I know I like it, but I don't want to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, mm. Yeah, so I, I get him. I get him. And he, again, he's 16, so I'm like, he's silly about it. That's fine. Yeah. Um. And here is the child that ach- accused <laughs> Kay and Miki of being in a relationship. Her name is Suzu. She is a model. She's she has a she's a bit much. <laughs> she- she seems nice, but, like, a bit much. Yeah. Overbearing. I wouldn't want to be her friend. Yeah. <laughs> be too much for me. <laughs>
1: yeah, she was really, like, I guess she kind of maybe matched the guys and their level of, like, aggressiveness.
0: Yeah, but she doesn't just try to randomly kiss all of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, that they mostly kept her, like, a, like not part of the romance although later it's kind of hinted that she and k might end up because she's like seems to have a crush on him but i think they're closer in age and like she's older at that point in the story uh so i that in the beginning like she likes or not the beginning but the beginning of her plot line she likes Yule because he's pretty and she wants someone to be with him who's pretty and she doesn't like hate miki but thinks that miki was cheating on him and so she has this whole plot to get him to hook up with Mako, and it's it's a whole convoluted thing that I like could have done without I just don't li- I don't like that like I feel like all kind of romances have like the couple's finally gotten together, so now they each have to have a potential love interest that tests the relationship,
0: yeah it tests the strength of your relationship here.
1: yeah <laughs> and I always kind of don't love that plot line, but It, you know, it was kind of fun. It's so
0: high school to me, though. Mm. I understand it. Yeah,
1: totally, totally. And I mean, like, I do think people kind of need to go through things like that to understand, like, oh, this is what jealousy feels like. And I need to, you know, be aware of that and, like, adjust to that and, like, trust my partner and stuff. Like, so I think there is a certain level of, like, you know, this is part of how you strengthen your relationship, but, ooh, sometimes the drama just is too much for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it only works if you talk about it and acknowledge the feelings and are like, how can we avoid this? Which I, I don't feel like we ever get there in the dramas, which is the real issue.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, But, yeah, so now we're going to jump into all those listener questions slash comments. Yeah. I kind of tried to put them in, like, lump them a little so we don't, like, you know, jump around topics too much, <laughs> but I'm sure that will still happen, so be warned. <laughs> um So at C Edwards0527 on Twitter said or asked, uh, what do you think the appeal of Marmalade Boy is? Uh yeah.
1: I mean I think we talked about this a little earlier, but I think the appeal is kind of these like various kind of like high drama relationships, you know, like I was teasing in the beginning where it's like, oh, age gap. Oh, parents switching parents. Oh, your stepbrother. Like it definitely plays up a lot of these just like really dramatic, not super likely to happen in reality. Certainly wouldn't be fun if they happened in reality, like kind of just like fantasy fantasy, and then sometimes like wish fulfillment things. And I don't know. I think there's something fun and kind of cathartic about reading about that in like this, very like detached from reality way. So I think it's good for that.
0: Yeah, I think like, again, I think it strikes a good balance of being like over the top drama, but also grounded enough in real life that you're like, okay, but you still totally understand that it's a dramatization Mm -hmm. of like, and it's like any one of those things would maybe happen, you know, like maybe you would have parents who switch partners. (laughs) fine like that's weird enough on its own maybe you would fall in love with your step sibling like fine mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like maybe one of your friends would fall in love with a teacher for it all to happen you know within the span of 8 volumes is like cool wow <laughs> so much and i feel like even though we don't necessarily like uh some of the characters or some of the turns like i think overall it's plotted pretty well like there's no there's some way just like Okay, do we need Kay and Suzu to come in in like the eleventh hour here to like <laughs> cause some trouble? Like, no. But overall, you know, it keeps it fairly contained. And again, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna like a hundred percent say I understood what the shoujo manga landscape was in, fully in the seventies. 80s and 90s but i do feel like we didn't quite get these kind of just like straight up genres that were really or yeah like dramas that were really big back at that time <laughs> but for sh- shoujo like there was always something some more fantastical elements or like even more high drama to it like it's again i think that blend of like high drama to mundanity is kind of Hit hit that sweet spot at the time it came out. That now we're now again we're like used to it and like okay what's up? <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yeah, it's a really good balance because like it's got that stuff that's more like titillating, but doesn't quite go as hard as like something like banana fish or something, which I haven't right? I haven't actually read banana fish, but from what I understand, oh it goes yeah, harder. and like some uh, some otogio stuff go- from this era like goes hard into like drug use and abuse and like. You know, yeah. so it's like it's touching on some of these things, but it's not going that far. It's still kind of in that like wish fulfillment, fantasy fulfillment place. And and like you were saying earlier, it doesn't dwell too much. Like, so it's melodramatic, but you don't have to like sit in it for too long, which is nice.
0: So nice. <laughs> I think if it if we did, we'd be like, all right, we're tired now. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, so at Ima writing said, I knew the manga through the anime. After I read it, after reading it, I prefer it rather than the anime. Um, the good thing was that they animated, you know, the characters and, the, and there was beautiful music. Um, did it happen the same to you? Also, I think that Miki and you were more mature at the end of the manga, plus the plot was better. Um, they also had a follow up comment about you and Miki's trip uh, at the end of the manga. They go on a trip together, which they had promised each other that they would do. But Kay and Suzu like messed it up <laughs> um, before that. So I I love it so much. And that kiss in the room is so emotional. In fact, the ending is really touching when they talk with their parents uh, and they tell their story. All right, Lucy, that's a lot. Do you have thoughts? (laughs) Yes,
1: yes. First of all, I also, you know, like we talked about, got into the series through the anime. And I think I do also prefer the manga, um, mainly because it goes much faster. Uh, It doesn't, and we'll talk a little bit later. I think there's a question more about the anime. But because there's, like, a filler arc inserted, it's then even longer. And I feel like that gets a little repetitive as, as the whole, like, and they're dating, but now there are love interests. Oh, and they're dating, but now there are love interests. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think also, like, some of the characters from what I remember in the anime are a little bit, like, I don't know, less likable, maybe? Uh, just slightly. Maybe it's just because mm-hmm. they have to draw it out more. So, like, like, I was talking about how Arimi, I feel like I was more annoyed with her watching the anime. Whereas in the manga, I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. it's only been like a volume of her not being able to get over this. Like, that's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're like, that's a reasonable amount of time.
1: (laughs) And as far as their trip, I did think it was sweet. I liked that they built that up and, you know, they'd have had some near misses where they almost got to go on the trip, but then something happened. And so it felt really satisfying. Um, And then like the end, yeah, where they're talking with their parents and finally like revealing stuff I thought was sweet. I do wish they built in more like a sense of secrecy. Cause like they say when they start dating, oh, we won't tell our parents. But they're doing like absolutely nothing really to be worried about this. Like they're definitely dating to all their friends. Like there's not, they're not really keeping it secret except at home. And like their parents are kind of oblivious. So it's fine. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It just, it felt like there wasn't much of a sense of them having to put pains into like hiding it. So when they're revealing it, it didn't quite have as much of a like, emotional impact as i think it could have but i don't
0: know yeah like the only time that we see them go through something overtly kind of painful at home is when uh yu's uncle comes Mm. to visit with his two little daughters and then uh the daughters catch them kissing (laughs) yeah and they're like uh please don't tell our parents little little nieces or whatever and they're like um, why should we not do that, you know? <laughs> and then it's just, like, a blackmail situation where they're like, we'll take you to an amusement park if you don't say anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, yeah, for sure, it's, like, there's not much tension because, for the most part, you're, like, they're just really open about it, even at home, like, they go into each other's rooms and are just like let's smooch you know <laughs> like <it's> not... <laughs> their parents are just really silly about it <laughs>
1: yeah, their parents are so like easygoing and weird that i never had the sense that they would really care like there was the whole thing in the beginning yeah. where her mom tells her don't di- don't fall in love with you to make things too complicated and they kind of use that to give them lots of concern later but Like I didn't feel like in reality, if they told their parents, that their parents would actually be upset. So I I didn't feel that there was like a sense of danger there. Yeah,
0: for sure. I was like, okay, you—they only think it's dangerous because they're like, we think we're we're half siblings. I'm like, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. When that plotline happened, I was like, oh god, okay. But we'll we'll we'll, it'll come up and it a question. (laughs) Yes. Um, So,
0: anime. Esquire, I assume, on, uh, esque, <laughs> on Twitter um, wants you to comment on this now infamous New York <laughs> anime filler arc.
1: Yes, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> I did. I watched some of this filler arc, just a couple early episodes of it to remind myself what happened, so I don't really remember how it concludes, but I think it's safe to assume that Yu doesn't hook up with anyone and returns to Japan. <laughs> but the the premise is mostly that you you know goes on exchange for a year and a half I believe to New York and encounters at least one if not many girls who want him and present alternate love interest you know potential and um, there is a character Bill and this is where the other like potential homosexuality rumors happen um, <laughs> which they he's presented as possibly being gay and he even has is wearing one hoop earring in an ear. So in 90s, you know, vernacular, that means he could be gay. But um, apparently he just likes the girl that you know, is also into you. So it's just... Of course! Yeah, so... There are no other options. The part that I was most annoyed about is, early in the series and in the manga, there's that whole subplot where, like, they think Miwa is dating you or whatever, and it's all because... You thinks that he was his half-brother and is trying to get information about the guy he thinks is his real father which ends up not to be anything but you know, he's fine with it, it happens they both roll with it for some reason when he gets to New York and hears that this guy is gay, he has this whole like gay panic, oh god I don't want to stand next to him oh I'm so creeped out and I was like, dude dude (laughs) what? (laughs) what? So that made me super mad and I had to look up what happened with that character to know if I had to keep watching it or not. <laughs> but yeah, overall that arc just felt like I'm sure it kind of does fulfill more of the like, oh tests of the relationship. Cause like having a long-distance relationship is like difficult and would be you know, a good like way to see character advancement. But I just seem to remember it feeling like another round of, you know kind of like baiting us with potential love interests cuz I believe K comes back and is again really hard trying to like make her date him. He's like I'm older now. He's
0: like an opening is here, I must come.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I just didn't need that in my life. <laughs> so uh, I think that's when I stopped watching the series. I was like, okay, this is just too much of like you know, c- competition against love interests. Like I it's fine, but I'm not that into it. And that doesn't happen in the manga, so it was Easy to read past it.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, uh, I'm like, maybe I should watch the anime. I'm like, this anime is so long. Mm-hmm. We have such short attention spans now. I'm like, you yeah. yeah Ashley and I have been watching Code Geass, and I'm like, there's fifty something episodes. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it, I watched the first couple of the episodes, and it. I mean, I think it would be fine to maybe have on in the background at some time, but. Yeah, it,
0: it definitely is You're like don't dedicate full attention to <laughs> Yeah, it
1: definitely gets that long by having long scenes of just like them feeling emotions, which I think can be <laughs> Oh right.
0: In the in the side, yeah, we should bring up how uh yoshizumi in the <laughs> sidebars initially she would you know she's excited that's gonna become an anime because of course like who wouldn't be excited and then by the end volume she's like here are several things that i hated uh, about yeah. the anime <laughs> I
1: that. she's like but here's the real truth about what i didn't like here's, the, here's what really went down
0: <laughs> it was like oh laying on me girl like what's up <laughs> uh so she, she was like i really just hate like how long you know how many and how long the kissing scenes are she's like that that scene with you kissing her when she's asleep in the nurse's office she's like in the manga that that was like it should have been you know a second he does it really fast because he's doing it illicitly and he knows that and he's trying to get away with something and she's like in the anime it was like 12 seconds so long and i hate it and i was like yes tell me
1: more yeah it, it, it's kind of true she also complained about how miki's always wearing blue and pink and it's her least favorite color combination that's kind of true like her bed's that color she's frequently wearing it like i was watching for it and i was like you're not wrong <laughs>
0: You're not wrong, right? Yeah, I, re- I really loved the uh, volume eight sidebars. I was like, "Ooh, these are going hard. Tell me more. <laughs> uh, this is the drama I'm actually here for.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the the anime does kind of hit that like 90s pastel shojo thing. Like when they have strong emotions, it's like the scene will kind of shift into like... Um, just straight up screen tones everywhere. No, it's like they'll shift the colors. Oh. So they'll do that let like reverse where like blue becomes red or whatever, where they so it feels like you're outside of the moment or whatever.
0: But oh. they also do it
1: kind of so everything's a bit more pastel. <laughs> so it really feels like just like nineties pastel dream. And I mean, the the arts like could an animation could be much better, but yeah, so I think if you like that era and you kind of want to just like sort of sink into that like era of shoujo, like this is a good series for that.
0: Nice, yeah. I mean, her complaints about the anime and like the pacing of how do you do some some romantic scenes like that are kind of why I usually prefer to read shoujo manga. Like I find that the pacing in anime is either like I'm like, you should have lingered on that scene more. Or like, yeah, apparently they're going to linger on it for <laughs> 20 seconds. And I'm like, that's too long. I don't need to look at this still for that long, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, whereas when you're reading, you you can kind of control the dramatic moments that you either want to linger on or not linger on. I think that's that's hard to transfer into animation where it's like, yes, yeah, happens in a set time, <laughs> in a set motion, you know? So, so I really liked the, those thoughts. They were funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, those those little asides in the comic. I always love that about shoujo comics, especially where they have the little asides. But hers were just like everything. She was like, I hang out with this manga artist and this manga artist, and we like to go get tea. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I am best friends with the Paradise
0: Kiss manga artist, and I went on a trip with the Sailor Moon manga artist. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Humble brag some more, like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So, Atlum Lam Ramayasha, who's one of the hosts of the Manga Mag- Mavericks podcast, had lots of questions slash comments. <laughs> so, we're, let's begin this, this fun little <laughs> trip down here. Okay, so, first they ask about our hopes for the Seven Seas releases in terms of localization changes, improvements listen, there's lots of room for improvement here. <laughs> I could not stand how there were not, like when they were speaking, they were not speaking in contractions mm-hmm. half of the time. So they speak like, I am very disappointed and this is not good. And just stuff like that all over the place. And I was like, why? It's so weird in English. Like that's not... Unless you're putting really hard emphasis on the verb, like this is not good. Like, you know, like some emphasis has to happen there. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. These people sound like English is their second language at this point. And that's not great. Oh, Mi- Miwa and you also at one point kept talking about how their parents were like swapping mates. And I was like, stop saying mates. Like, that's <laughs> really bad. Partners, just say partners. Yeah. Um, The first couple volumes of the Tokyo Pop version also openly acknowledged in the same way that they were like, this is the first manga that we're publishing where we didn't flip it to Americanize it. Like, how do you like that? They were also like, we're going to teach you Japanese. So they didn't. So for like two, it wasn't very long. It was like two or three volumes. They decided not to translate some of the more common words that we all as weebs and otaku <laughs> no so like they were like we're just left in baka and sagoi and and all these things and i was like this is what ruined us as children thanks to
1: <laughs> yeah that that last one especially really i have kind of a pet peeve about that where like it annoys me when they don't translate things that have very obvious like translations that we can just like it just takes me out of the moment um yeah. i like when people leave in like san and chan because like we don't really have a way of conveying that in english and it is sometimes very helpful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would be fine, but they didn't do that at all. Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay.
1: Yeah, it felt very forced, like it really did remind me of being like a middle schooler and my friends using, and me using those words, and now I'm like, oh, cringe, cringe, cringe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, I was like, oh, this is what made me and my friends like this when we were 14 like <laughs> running around you like kawaii and i'm like oh gosh. yeah
1: yeah <laughs> the, the one that always gets me to from this book and also other things from this era is they'll they'll kind of use like very like hip modern slang that's really specific to that era and like america and, and dates it so instantly and Oh, so I hope they kind of avoid that, maybe try and have it be a little bit more timely or more like something that they would have said in Japan or something. I don't remember a specific instance, but that kind of always jumps out at me.
0: Yeah. The other thing I would say is I would really like fewer sentence constructions where you as a pronoun (laughs) is used along with you, his name because half the time you didn't need either his name or like pronoun it's like i love you you and i'm like shut up (laughs) no (laughs) did not just leave off his name or just have it be only his name pick one
1: (laughs) one thing i did appreciate in the anime filler stuff is that they because he's in america they do actually like acknowledge that
0: oh they acknowledge (laughs) yeah and I
1: think the exchange student who's in Japan also is like wow your name is super confusing (laughs) and I'm like it is kind of
0: it really is but like yeah you know I'm glad the anime actually makes fun of that because that like you know I was complaining about it to Asher, and he's like, well, that's only a problem in English. And I was like, I know, but you don't need to write it out like this. Like, there's no
1: reason. Yeah, there's definitely moments where Miki's, like, talking to a friend or whatever, and she's like, I love you, and I'm like, wait, what? Oh, there's a W, not an O, I see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, this is hard for me when I don't have uh, parts of my middle vision anymore. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, which one is it? Okay, wait. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. And so much Follow of it. like reading and spelling comprehension is us <laughs> just like seeing the word as a whole <laughs> and not necessarily each yeah. individual letter. So it was. It just took a little bit, I think, extra brain power to acknowledge that as a separate word when your brain sees the shape of it and is like, this is clearly the word you.
0: Yeah. I was like, come on, there, there, like, you're not always gonna be able to get rid of it, but there were very short sentences where I was like, I feel like you could have just picked one of
1: those, (laughs) and it would have been, yeah, like obviously I don't think they should like change his name or like do anything drastic, but yeah, just a little extra care to try and kind of like work around those moments.
0: I think they could also choose perhaps as a way to get your eye to be less confused about it, to use like the character, the carrot over the U, to mm. denote that it's both you's instead of yeah. the same length as our pronoun you.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. I think I would rather see it like, yeah, why you with the, the bar? Like, yeah, that would be better.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, there There are solutions to this. I think it can be, <laughs> I hope it is handled better. Mm-hmm. Um. So another question was, thoughts on how it compares to a couple of cuckoos or other step-sibling romance series in general. So I've not read a couple of cuckoos. And again, actually what this, this honestly made me think most of Gossip Girl, <laughs> which I think says more about me than about Marley. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that is definitely what it made me think. And I think what disappoints me about this one or, like, it's, it doesn't disappoint me, but it's like weird and confusing to me is that when they first move in together and they're like, oh, we shouldn't, you know, like, and the mom tells her not to get in the relationship with him and like all these other reasons, they don't ever be like, we shouldn't date because we're step siblings, actually. <laughs> like, that's never a thing that either of them says, from what I recall. They only start talking about it when they're like, oh, well, you we might be half siblings. And that's like, <laughs> a line that maybe we don't want to cross and so like I do feel like normally when step-siblings get together that's still kind of a morally gray area that they have to work through so I was just a bit confused like why they didn't do that
1: <laughs> yeah it, it felt so much to me like they weren't step-siblings like I guess they literally are because they are but yeah I didn't really feel like they were playing up that aspect at all because like they didn't meet until like the they were suddenly step-siblings. It's not like they'd grown up together. Right. And, like, yeah. he went to school and mostly just behaved like another boy in her classroom. Like, there was early on some, like, titillation about, like, but he lives with her. But, you know, that dropped away pretty quickly. And, like, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I also haven't read um, a couple of Cuckoos. And I don't know. I've, I know this comes up in other things. But I haven't seen it much from, like, the like shojo girl perspective i feel like it usually comes up as like a kind of weird fan service thing and like mm-hmm. i don't know other i'm thinking of like the i guess it's a cousin or whatever in um sword art online where like his cousin cousin sister or whatever is in love with him mm-hmm. i mostly see it like in those shows more obviously it does right. happen in shoujo but it always makes me think of this so i think this is just like eclipsed other things
0: You're like, yeah, that that makes sense Yeah, for me personally The moral quandaries Of like step-siblings dating each other I think do come back to you being like You know, you acknowledge that they don't really Know each other Until they're already going to be step-siblings And they're already like 15 or whatever Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like 15, 16 So they didn't grow up together So to me, I'm like, I think it's fine If they date, like, I think that makes sense Mm -hmm. It can be a little weird, like, sure, whatever. But, like, I think, like, overall, it's fine. And I felt that way in Gossip Girl, too, where they, like, make a whole big deal out of, you know, Dan and Serena dating after their parents also became a thing and used to be, like, sweethearts. And I was like, this isn't a thing. I don't, (laughs) like, I just don't really care. (laughs) But I do think that it makes sense to acknowledge that it's kind of weird and a strange situation. Yeah. So another other question was, would you have liked to read Yoshizumi's original gender flip version of the story? So this is at the end of volume eight. We get a little backstory on how like Marmalade Boy was created. And the author acknowledges that she was like, yeah, I actually wanted. I thought it was just going to be gender flip Miki and you roles. Mm-hmm. But apparently like Ginta and uh, other characters were also flipped. So I was like, OK. So yeah, so. She, you know, pitched that to the editor, and he was like, "I feel like when women, when women writers write men, they make them sissies, which isn't attractive." And she was like, "I, I get you," and I was like, "No." Yeah. In general, I'm like, I think a gender flip version would be interesting. I think it would fit better in our current shojo landscape. Like, I feel like in general we get more shojo helmed by lead male characters mm-hmm. these days. So I'm like. I'd be down just you know just pull a Stephanie Meyer with Twilight just like <laughs> she could just write gender flipped <laughs> marmalade boy right now
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I would be really interested to read it it I don't know it, it, it would be an interesting exploration of how like dynamics change and stuff um I'm curious to know if like what he used for the word sissy like did he mean like gay like it gets to like uh-huh. Sean and I or whatever or does did he mean like just you know, not very masculine or whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I interpreted it as meaning not very masculine. Mm
1: -hmm. That makes sense, but...
0: But I was like, is masculine in this manga being a pushy jerk face? Like, that's (laughs) what it amounts to in this manga as it currently stands.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know that I'd classify you as, like, the most masculine character. Like, he's definitely, like kind of pushy and mysterious but like I don't know it's not I don't know he's not like the most extreme example of masculinity or something like it I yeah
0: <laughs> I think hmm, I'm thinking about like if they had relatively the same personalities and were gender flipped I would be afraid that like Miki would turn too much into like a weird different tropey stereotype like kind of mysterious hot Lady Nat Pixie Dream Girl thing going mm-hmm.
1: on here. Yeah, yeah. I'd be a little worried. Like she could either be awesome or like yeah, just a bitch. <laughs> I don't know yeah. that I would like that.
0: Yeah. So it's like if she gets to be awesome, like, okay. If it flips into her just being kind of terrible, I'm like, eh no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested in reading it though. I'd you know, sure
0: yeah sure I'd read it like give it to me (laughs) just just do it if Stephanie Meyer can do it anybody Mm -hmm. can do it that's all (laughs) I say so where do the parent where do their parents land on the worst parent spectrum we got a related thing that I'll also read from at pumpkin landing on twitter so it was oh god's wall I both like and dislike the anime I have a lot of feelings here's my question who do you think was being unfair to who The parents for dropping a life-changing bombshell and going sad face. Why are you against our happiness? Or Miki for flipping out. So parents, there's a lot to say about these parents.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I still really like your parents. Like they might not be, or I guess all of the parents, they might not be like, the best but I, I certainly don't think they're the worst like they're a little ditzy and they forget no. to like tell their kids when they've planned trips but they seem to like be available if they need help and like checking in with them and stuff like they're obviously missing the fact that they're dating but like they seem to be trying
0: <laughs> yeah I was like I actually don't really rank them too low on the worst. I think the worst thing they do is be all weird and secretive about their previous relationships with each other which just leads to chaos yeah You know, but otherwise, I'm like the things that we see them be bad about or like not the best about, like forgetting to tell them that they're going on trips. I'm like, yeah, I come from a really big like Irish Catholic family. So like I don't have any siblings, but I have a million aunts and uncles and cousins. Mm -hmm. Right. So the thing where they were like, uh oh, we thought somebody else uh, told them out of the four (laughs) of us. I'm like, yeah uh totally (laughs) like if you don't work that stuff out like that's the first time they encountered it if you don't work that stuff out it's totally gonna happen you know and now probably in the future they were less chaotic about it you know they do it for things I think it's worse when they do it for things where it like directly involves Miki and you where it's like hey we're going on a trip this weekend and you're coming too (laughs) and they're like what I didn't know that (laughs) and they're like oh none of us told you uh versus when they're like we're going on a honeymoon bye <laughs> you know yeah. uh like i think for teenagers they'd be like oh, okay cool it's party hard you
1: right know? <laughs> like- yeah yeah and i mean i kind of was really fond of this like little four-person parental group you know that was kind of like all co-parenting their two teenagers together like i thought that was yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i definitely got into like a co-parenting relationship kind of like my- me and my cousin when we were younger uh You know, his dad had to go away for a while, so it was like my two parents and his mom and then the two of us and they were all like co parenting us and we didn't live together, but it was like pretty pretty like that. And I was like, it makes sense to me.
1: (laughs) I I get it. Yeah, especially I think with younger kids it can be really good like to have that balance and a way to like have more life in your life (laughs) when you're not just chaos. I don't know. I I I'm kind of fond of the parents, but they could have done some things differently. (laughs)
0: No, they definitely, yeah, they could have been a little that's, uh, like, ditzy. That would have been good. Mm-hmm. So who do we think is being more unfair? The parents for life-changing bombshells or Miki for flipping out? No, I do think the parents were more unfair <laughs> in
1: that situation. I don't know. I feel like the way Miki reacted, it seemed like her parents were were kind of weird and did this kind of weird stuff all the time. So I was kind of like, is this a big jump? It sounds like they've always been these people.
0: (laughs) Miki just isn't used to it yet. Like she needs to get with the program.
1: Yeah. I mean, granted, I think they really should have like done it maybe a bit more slowly like not been like, and in two weeks or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe a bit of both. They could have handled it differently, but I don't know how else you tell somebody that like, you know,
0: Yeah, I just feel like no matter how they told Miki, she's going to protest, right? Like, that's just naturally going to happen. And then it's like, I do feel that, you know, if you give those protestations, like, enough merit, like, they just never would have moved in together, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yeah, and I do think that, like, them all living together was kind of the best possible thing, because, like, it didn't... Like, they describe it, they're like, you're not going to have a different parent relationship. We're just going to have different relationships. We're trying to keep, like, your life as normal as possible, which is, is good.
0: Yeah, if anything, they just got more people to, uh, like, riff off of. Like, you was playing video games with Jean yeah. in the beginning and stuff. So. Yeah, and uh, the nice.
1: other dad was helping Miki with homework. Like, it, it just, it felt like it was, like, finding a balance really well.
0: yeah. So let me ask how we would react if uh, our parents announced they were divorcing, remarrying, and living together with another couple. So for the first two, I'd be like, cool, divorce, yes, they they should do that. (laughs) (laughs) Remarry, like, fine. Uh, Living together with another couple, I'd be like, no, but see, our parents, like, it only works for Miki and Yu's parents because they all like each other. Like, they were already friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas, like... My parents just fight all the time now. So they <laughs> it just wouldn't work because they wouldn't have the good enough friendship. Like you need some serious expectation setting and like boundary setting and like good vibes to make that kind of situation work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I for, I mean, I think I would definitely be surprised if my parents came to me with this um revelation <laughs> of their life change, but I think ultimately i'd accept it especially if it like didn't change my life too much and they were all happier for it but yeah it's definitely an odd thing to think about i do think that like their dynamic as parents really fits with like the people i know who are in like polyamorous relationships where like they are the best at communicating like like they are so good at it you have to be be Or it gets bad quickly so like they seem to be living their best lives
0: yeah, I was like, they're good. Uh, I don't trust most people in my life to be that good. Yeah. Even myself, I would be like, I would fail at a polyamory. Yeah, 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 yeah. It,
1: it would be so difficult. <laughs> I'd be like,
0: I am way too like possessive <laughs> of, of people and their time. It just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. It's bad. <laughs> um, so thoughts on the stretched meaning of Marmalade Boy's title?
1: Yeah. So this was where when she originally had it as like the gender swapped version. It was supposed to be describing the, like, meeky boy who was just very, like, sweet and nice, like Marmalade. And then, you know, but she refused to, like, give up on that or call it Marmalade Girl or whatever when she changed the gender so she changed it to be, like, it's about you because he's got, like, the bits of Marmalade that are bitter and he's, like, sweet on the outside but bitter inside. It felt felt very forced to me. (laughs)
0: It was definitely straight. It helped me know in the beginning that like you was Endgame though, because I was like, it wouldn't be called this thing, you know, it wouldn't be called Marmalade Boy if you wasn't ultimately like (laughs) the partner. I also like, yes, I agree that the reason for it is weird and strange at this point, (laughs) but it's such a like distinctive title that I understand why she wouldn't have wanted to give it up.
1: Yeah, yeah. It definitely has a good ring to it. I just wish that she'd come up with, like, a better rationale, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, So, you know, we talked about this a bit, but incest scare subplot. Did we really need it? Better resolution than the original planned ending. The original planned ending was that they were actually going to be half-siblings. Yes? Yeah,
1: yeah, which... I'm glad that they didn't do that because that feels like a much darker twist than the show or the series like felt like it was setting up for like that it just doesn't feel like it fits with the tone of the series i don't know it it felt like she said she had always been planning like that original ending and then early on just decided to change it to them just being confused about it for a while but it felt like a kind of like 11th hour decision even despite knowing it wasn't like it just kind of felt like they plopped it in and i was like oh okay all right okay yeah
0: (laughs) it was definitely very strange and it's just like again i i guess i i just feel like we didn't need it because i feel like there would have been enough moral quandary if we had just acknowledged that they're step-siblings and have had them be like weird about that like feel weird about it you
1: know <laughs> like could have had most of the same beats about it yeah and like the way they got to that i guess scare is that you was constantly looking for his true father because he found some letter when he was in middle school that was basically saying that his mother was pregnant when she got married to his dad so thus you know his dad can't be his real dad and well, I get that that's, like, definitely a, a struggle you would go through. He just needed to communicate. He just needed to ask a question. And, like, right. <laughs> even when he, like, to get to this the incest scare, he finds a picture of them all hanging out in college. And he's like, no, we can never ask them. And I'm like, just go up and be like, hey, what's with this picture? And they'll probably just yeah. tell you the truth, which is that they did know each other before. When they re-met in Hawaii, it was, like, you know they wanted a fresh start they didn't want to dwell on the past mistakes that they'd made or whatever so they just didn't mention it which I think they should have mentioned it because <laughs> it yeah. makes their crazy decision less weird
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but I oh, don't know so I I could have done without the incest scare plot line because I so didn't believe that it was going to be true that it just felt like so dramatic and such I think it's the point of the series where I was the most like oh just talk to each other right for sure
0: It's also like, what did you think about their decision to be like, okay, you know what? Even if we are half siblings, we're going to get married.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of was down with that. I was like, you go, whatever. You've (laughs) thought it out. You've made this decision. Like, go for it.
0: Right. I did like, you know, the rationale that the author had for it, where she was like, I wanted them to have the conviction that they were so in love with each other that regardless of the outcome, you know. They, they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get that. But definitely, like, do we, do, we just didn't have to go here. Like, we just
1: did <laughs> Yeah.
0: <It was> unnecessary. <laughs> could have gotten most of the same genre with just step-siblings, man. <laughs> yeah. Or even, I guess it's like, we could have gotten the same genre with, like, they were step-siblings. They almost had, you know, another... Like sibling together, related to each other, because she had a miscarriage, mm. or like something, like knowing that their parents dated in the past, like I think that's enough to be like, eh, it's pretty weird that we like each other.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or maybe if they both discovered the photo and made the connection, it was just him hiding it from Miki for like, whatever, however long, half a year or something, it was just such a frustrating part to read. <laughs>
0: yeah 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 it's just like he breaks up with her suddenly and then she's like but why and he's just like I don't, I don't know and she's like no <laughs> you doesn't love me anymore okay and he's just like ah. <laughs> like no good answers here yeah I'd also this is not directly related to the question but so this manga is marketed as being a romantic comedy mm. but I was like I don't feel that <laughs> It's just a drama.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think maybe the parent situation was supposed to be so ridiculous that it kind of had to be comedy, but it didn't seem all that ridiculous to me. Like It was. But it was more how they were handling it. I was kind of just like, yeah, I buy this. Go.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like the first like chapter or so was maybe funny, but then after that, it's just like, oh boy, this is drama o'clock, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah definitely.
0: It's like there are moments of humor, but I'm like that doesn't make it a comedy. That's
1: (laughs) yeah. I guess that does kind of aim it though at an audience that wants something a little bit lighter. Because we did talk about how it doesn't go as hard as like other things of this era were. (laughs) Right, right. Some other things, not all of them. So they
0: were just like, how do we market? Yeah, it's so hard. (laughs) Okay, that's fair enough. (laughs) So. At Neolicious on Twitter was like, discuss the influence of the manga themes in the later years releases of shoujo manga. Yeah. So that's hard. Because I feel like, yeah, again, as we've mentioned, like, this particular era of shoujo manga was like, we're going to really dark places mm-hmm. all the time, constantly. And I don't feel like we get that so much with more recent shoujo manga releases, at least in what we get in the U.S., which, again, is a very small proportion of overall what is published in Japan. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, For sure. And, yeah, I just, like, again, I think it's just this weird, like, transition manga as we've been kind of discussing, like, between different, like, high drama, mundane high school romances, like... Romantic comedies you know (laughs) Like I think it's like it set The bar for a lot of different Subgenres in my opinion I guess yeah
1: and like like we're talking About I tried to find And you said you did research too like I tried to find Articles or something that had like Experts about this talking about Its influence on shoujo or like Its position within like the history Of shoujo and I really just couldn't Find much so so, yeah. like, I don't think it originated any of the tropes like obviously I think a lot of these things have been like in literature you know for e- eons or whatever like right, right, right. <laughs> like we like writing about like ooh illicit you know maybe their are siblings ooh illicit age gap ooh illicit you know insert this here but I do think that it it maybe like helped make those kind of maybe establish them more as the tropes that we kind of think of them now, at least in this kind of shojo stuff. And maybe it like helped move Shoujo a little out of that like darker era that kind of came out of like the seventies and the eighties, and like the earlier nineties, maybe, but that's speaking without a whole lot of expertise behind me, so I'm not quite sure if that's like fair to say.
0: <laughs> I also like to sometimes think about how Shoujo manga in particular Kind of maps on to um, like YA trends in America, mm, yeah. Because I think in a lot of ways they do track again, at least of what is gets brought over to to America. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you know, yeah, like both YA and and shojo manga were not really big things until like that like fifties to seventies or eighties era. Then it's like the nineties are still kind of like established like the eighties and nineties are kinda of still kind of establishing it. So I think that's what's happening here with Marmalade Boy as well. Mm-hmm. And then like now we're just so used to all of those things, right? Like we're like, yes, naturally all this this literature for children. <laughs> like for sure. But back then it was like, ooh, you know, like the outsiders and like perks of being a wallflower mm-hmm. in YA are like, ooh, like scandalous and weird. And like again go into those darker topics that like now YA is all like maybe we just want to have gay romances. You know? <laughs> like... Yeah. Oh,
1: I actually did like for my grad school, I did like a paper on like the darkness in YA because I graduated in like 2011, which was kind of prime when people were like, there's too much darkness for the children. And <laughs> <laughs> peak dystopia. Time, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> exactly. And like, it was after classics like speak or whatever, but still, you know, in that kind of like, we called them like problem books where it's like all focused right. on like, issues Drugs. yeah yeah being yeah. gay in a very serious way bullying yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas i like i mean there, there are still books that deal with that but i like that we're seeing a lot more like happy fluffy friendships and romances and you know like i think a little darkness is good but i like that there's maybe more of a balance now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm like i feel like shoujo manga and ya like kind of kind of line up with each other in a lot of ways here. yeah
1: i, I will sh- say putting this in context of other things of kind of its era i'm reading card Capture soccer right now for Clampcast in wonderland yes and there are some weird parallels <laughs> like
0: i was definitely gonna this next thing is about the student teacher mm, okay, relationship. let's get into
1: that one and then we'll, we'll talk about it
0: <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, I feel like that maps on really well to Sakura, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Um, so at C Samaria L wrote, what are your thoughts on the Mako Namura pairing, which is a student teacher relationship? I rarely root for losing love interest, but I distinctly remember preferring Satoshi for Mako especially after watching the anime, which made Namura more of a jerk. So related at Pumpkin Landing asked, bonus question, how tired are you of child teacher romances? <laughs> so I am particularly interested in, since you're currently reading Cardcaptor Sakura, like from that aspect, how does it go? <laughs> like, how does this feel? Yeah,
1: and like Clamp's a little infamous at this point for having these age gap relationships, especially the like teacher-student ones, which I think the biggest one is in Cardcaptor Sakura, where... Saku in elementary school. One of her little friends is, like, maybe engaged, like, to their <laughs> yeah. teacher. And it's really secret. And she definitely, like, loves him. And he seems to like her. And it's a little... <laughs> 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 but, I don't know. What usually keeps me from being too grossed out by this stuff is these are usually written, like, from the perspective of women. And it really feels to me like maybe they had a crush on a teacher or it's like this kind of wish fulfillment from like the girl's perspective not this kind of creepy like predatory perspective which doesn't make it good necessarily but (laughs) makes me makes it understand yeah it makes me less creeped out and like in marmalade boy all the relationships are ridiculous like you don't really expect like you were saying you wouldn't expect many of these things to happen in one lifetime let alone in like all at once (laughs) (laughs) right so i don't know it didn't bother me as much as i think it could have because it felt like it was hitting the same level of like kind of just out of the realm of normality that all of the other relationships were hitting
0: yeah i agree but I still was just like, but why? Again, I feel like I really got broken when he finally broke down and was like, "All right, let's do it. I love you so much." I was like, "No."
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot better. Like you were saying earlier, when it like it came, it came to light. They got found out. He retired, not retired. He resigned. Went off to a completely different career in a different town. I was like, "Okay, that's the responsible move, there, dude." Like. You acknowledged that you didn't do a great thing here. <laughs> and, like, she's upset and got, like... I, don't I was upset that she got, like, reprimanded. Because I was like, this doesn't seem like it's her fault, guys. But okay. um But I... Yeah, when he comes back later, I'm like, ah, I really wish that she'd gone and he already had, like... He had, like, another girlfriend who was an adult or something. Like, mm-hmm. I really want it to have been, like, we had this star-crossed lover thing, but actually it didn't work out. And, you know... Kind of more of a cautionary tale, I guess. I don't know, but that might have been too sad for her, so I'm, I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like again, I'm not like their age gap. Mm. If she had graduated, like if she graduates at 22, which she's not even going to college, which is a different problem, <laughs> but so, <laughs> you know, she she graduates at 22, he's like currently 23. So, like, it's a perfectly fine age gap in any other circumstance, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, It's it's really just the, like, she was in middle school. He became her teacher. Like,
1: it's weird. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe I might be more okay if, like, she had gone to college and then, like, they bumped into each other again, maybe. But it still feels a little grooming at that point. And, like, oh, no. I, yeah, I kind of, I could have done without this subplot, but... I don't hate it as much as I do in some other things.
0: Yeah, well, so how did do, how does Marmalade Boy like map on to Cardcaptor Sakura since they are kind of contemporaneous? Yeah,
1: it's interesting to me because I feel like Mako is kind of like a combo of like Sakura's friend Rika who has the like thing with her teacher, and then Tomoyo, who's like her best friend, who's kind of like very supportive and stuff. Uh, I feel like Mako as a character type kind of felt like a combo of those two, um, mainly just because she's got the best friend thing, but she's also like. Like, Nika is also, like, more mature than her fellow students and, like, seems to have these this air of knowing more and, like, I don't know, as if that makes it okay, which it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So very similar, honestly. Like, you know, it's kind of sort of kept a secret. In Character of soccer, I don't think everything, every, or anything really, like, comes of it as far as I don't think they ever get found out. Um, but they're also not, they don't seem to be actively in any sort of physical relationship. It very much feels to me like, they were betrothed, possibly, by their parents or something. And they do seem to get along, which is good. But it yeah. doesn't seem like he's actively trying to do anything, which, again, doesn't make me love the situation. But, <laughs> but it could be worse. <laughs> like, it could be yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah. like- <laughs> Whereas at least in Marmalade Boy, like, she's closer to his age. At this point, she's in high school. He is a young right. teacher. Like, it's not yeah. great, and I really think I would have liked it better if it had just been like a kind of unfortunate thing she experienced and had to get over and not a thing that was end game for them. But I don't know. We can talk about that more when we talk about like shipping corner or whatever.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, so to end this out uh, more of a comment than a question. Marmalade Boy has always been what I think of as a quintessential shojo manga. It was one of the earliest shojo romantic comedy manga to come out of uh, in the U.S. and One of my earliest shoujo series following Kodosha, mm. which I'm like, oh, yeah, Kodosha was the thing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't read much of that either. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I really think that even though it was so clearly bigger in Japan, I think it it was a necessary stepping stone in the U.S. to get us to the place that we are in now. Even if now nobody is writing the good essays about it like we want.
1: <laughs> yeah. I really I even tried to find like good books that were just on like the history of Shoujo and or specifically like its move to the West or anything really. And I was having trouble finding good resources. So I think we need more like academic and et cetera conversation around Shojo, which is not news, but <laughs> we still need more of it. <laughs> not news. <laughs> I yeah. will say I haven't read or watched much um, Kurocha anyway, but I remember being confused because I swear the main character in that looks like a chibi version of you. And I remember being like, wait, what's happening? You're like, these are the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and quickly to the last one. I am very tired of child teacher romances. I could I don't need more of them.
0: You're like, I don't need more of this, <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. I think particular like age gap romances are also Tiring, but there's something particular about teacher student where it's always like you know there's that extra layer where it's always going to be grooming and like
1: yeah we don't need that extra power dynamic is just like I just I have trouble like getting okay with that and I'm sure that there are instances where it's done in a really interesting way and like I'm sure there are real life instances where it does actually work out but yeah I'm kind of I'm kind of over it I don't know that. There's any more to explore really there and yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. I love that even uh, talking about kaguya Sakura, Like, didn't they write out the student and the teacher who were in the romance? They're like they're gone now. Think, <laughs> it's a different school. We just don't talk about that. Anymore. I
1: think in I think in the anime, in clear yeah, car. I think so. I think in the anime they mention it much less. Like I think maybe she just likes her teacher, and then I think in Clear Card, her, yeah, she's like moved to a different school, and they're just like, "We're not gonna <laughs> talk about this now. It's fine.
0: It's fine. Nobody acknowledged that." And I'm like, "I see what you did there, Clam." Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So to quickly uh, wrap up all those romances that we discussed here, shipping corner time. So how do you how do you feel about the? the swapping of the parents like is chiaku and jin and and
1: yoji and rumi they seem good yeah i mean i kind of had trouble keeping everybody like separate in my brain we don't get that much character development like, they're
0: just a foursome yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly
1: which i would have been even more fine with honestly i was like we didn't do it guys it's fine um but when we see like the flashbacks to them in college or whatever it did seem like they had like stronger relationships with the couples that they, you know, end up with in Marmalade Boy than they did with, like, the ones they married and had kids with. So, because there was this whole thing where, like, they were the the same pairing in college that they are through, you know, all of Marmalade Boy. And then there was sort of an argument that kind of led, like, one to leave the other and then the other set, like, was comforting the other side. And, like, it just, it was a little muddied, (laughs) frankly. Yeah
0: like they were always just friends in their in the relationship where they had children kind of yeah
1: yeah and i like that they're still like happy to be around each other i like that they were able to kind of get over their more like dramatic younger past or whatever and actually like just be this big happy family and they you know they do have kind of distinct personalities here and there but i honestly i would be happy to read a, a series that was just about the four of them
0: right i'm like where's that series give that to yeah. me <laughs> All right, give me the gender swap, Marmalade mm-hmm. boy. Um, give me just the manga, the like Jose about the parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on this. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so we have Kay and, and Suzu. Honestly, when Kay was introduced, I was like, "This is uh, just you with different hair." Though <laughs> I was confused.
1: Yeah, I like, like I said, I like his his storyline with the piano and stuff, but I don't love him as a character overall. Him and Suzu, like, sure, I don't care, really. <laughs> he is pretty and she likes pretty, so I hope that they're happy.
0: <laughs> I hope that they're happy. They're not going to stay together. They're like, she's like 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you did say it before that you didn't think Uruumi and-, and Ginta will survive the, the long haul here.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe just me being a cynical person where I'm just like not these many people who get together in high school are gonna stay together. Like, sorry guys. <laughs> maybe it will work for one pair of you.
0: <laughs> I come yeah, my friends, I have quite a few of them that are together with people who they either were dating in high school still or they like at least knew from oh, high school, so I'm like, oh, okay, right. okay, <laughs> all right. Not all of you can't survive because that's not how mm. it works. But like, maybe more of you than I think can survive. No,
1: I'm just worried they don't have like a great basis for their relationship. Like, yeah, no, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, we probably won't. but... <laughs> that's
0: the next manga we need. Arumi <laughs> <laughs> and Ginta. Uh, no. I also just I'm like, what does Arimi see in in Ginta other than yeah, like the comforting? Like they have more of a relationship, like the parents
1: or something. Yeah, yeah, they just didn't have that much in common except for this like heartbreak over the other two. So I don't know.
0: I don't know. This is what I get out of cis hetero relationships these days. Anyway, I'm like, do they ever have anything in common? (laughs) What do they do with each other? I don't (laughs) know.
1: What's going on?
0: (laughs) What's up? I don't understand. Um. Nako and Nomura, do get married. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Would you have liked it more if she just stuck with the, like, romance with him? Like, now it's like when they get divorced, there's all these, like, legal things. Like, marriage is just, like, a legal thing.
1: Yeah, I, I do wish that at the very least she just moved there to be with him and, like, I mean, I guess she says she will be going to school at some point, but she does not seem to care. Like, that seems to be a thing he's pushing. But I mean, I guess in her yeah. defense, she's like, if I'm going to be a really successful writer, I don't technically need school. And I'm like, well, yeah, if you're actually successful, I guess that's true. But also extra knowledge is always good if you're going to be a writer. But I, uh, I think if I, I think it would be more okay if she hadn't given up on her, like, I don't believe in marriage thing so quickly, you know? Like, I'm fine with her growing out yeah. of that maybe, but it felt like too fast. Um, But maybe it was just.
0: I also used to be like that. I was like, marriage is dumb. (laughs) Just you just end up divorced anyway. It's just a. It has nothing to do with love. And now, like, obviously, I'm married. Like, (laughs) but it that took like 16 years. You
1: know. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it takes a lot of like redefining what you think marriage is, as opposed to like what society necessarily tells us, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was just too much for them to. Have in this manga that she just go goes and lives with him without being married to him, I would have liked it more if she just went there and maybe didn't immediately marry him. I hope that they're happy. Right? Like, I'm like, you could have waited to get married. Yeah. And like taking it at face value, they seem like they are happier together. I have concerns, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I I don't know. I'm just like, how is her novelist career going in this hellscape of publishing we now live in? Right, yeah.
1: Yeah. Plus, I think right after this came out, there was like the recession that made it much harder in Japan to do lots of creative pursuits. So, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it's
0: one of those things where I'm like, because I work in this industry, I'm like failing to suspend my disbelief in this regard, I think. Yeah, yeah, same. I have trouble
1: not being like that's not how that works girl
0: That's not how this works. <laughs> <sighs> anyway you and Miki do you actually like them
1: yeah I think they're okay together like I was I, I honestly am not like wildly in love with any of the couples like they're fine I don't I don't dislike them I think they at least like we see them go through a good amount of stuff that I think that like the relationship does seem strong and able to like withstand issues and like kind of figure out what makes each other jealous and whatnot and how to like trust each other better and hopefully how to communicate better you <laughs> so i think they're gonna be okay
0: i'm just like i don't i guess i just don't quite see like why they like each other mm, so much yeah. <laughs> like you decides that he's in love with Miki in chapter like two <laughs> And he's like, ah, it's just because you're so open. And I'm like, is she really that much of an outlier? Like, I mean, I guess of this cast that we are presented, where like you, you see, (laughs) (laughs) where where you can't like just ask a question about who his real real dad is, where Ginta can't just admit for a year or two that he also likes Miki or where May is having like an illicit relationship <laughs> with a teacher that you can't speak of it's like sure I guess Miki really is refreshing in that gray clouds of everybody else but <laughs>
1: yeah, feels very
0: weird <laughs> and then like what does she like about you like
1: yeah he's just got that mysteriousness going on and like I don't know but there's no substance to the mystery. <laughs> his problems are all created by him, like right, exactly. And like you were saying, looking back in the nineties, like they didn't have it that bad. And like it's totally legitimate for him to have feelings about like maybe his dad's not his you know biological dad or whatever. But like he's living a pretty good life in a really big house with like no, it's I don't know what jobs they have, but they seem to be doing well.
0: Yeah, they just go on honeymoons to Hawaii and all this stuff. All yeah, time. and
1: if he just asked them hey, I found this letter, and I have concerns. Like, they would have addressed it, and it wouldn't have been an issue. And, I mean, maybe that speaks to them not having created an environment where he felt, like, safe enough to talk to them about that without it causing problems. not safe in the, like, he'd be in danger, but just
0: right. psychological
1: safety or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, but it just... Ugh, like, I sympathize, and I get it, and he's young, so, you know... You do stupid things when you're young, but it just felt like all of his problems were of his own creating.
0: Cause they were. They absolutely <laughs> were absolutely <laughs> Um, I do wish that Mako and Miwa had
1: been a real couple. Yeah.
0: Even if they broke up, I really wish they had gotten like a chance.
1: Yeah, same. And he's the Satoshi that got mentioned earlier too. Like yeah. he's just he seems so much more supportive of her actual like goals and stuff and maybe it's just that we don't get to see her and Namura that much because it's you know kind of a secret relationship that we don't really see happening much until it you know explodes but yeah Mio just seems like I mean and I just like him so I may be a little biased like I like him and Mako are like my favorite <laughs> characters in the series so I'm like of course they should be together they were great <laughs>
0: they <should>. yes <laughs> I I just yeah I don't know I also really used to be into this dynamic where, like, he's kind of pushy, but you know, like, is really sweet and, like, very persistent. But again, as you said, he's, like, better at knowing where the boundary is and, like, coming up to it, but not quite crossing over Mm -hmm. it. And I'm like, yes, I used to be so into that character. And I'm like, yes, please. I (laughs) want (laughs) to.
1: Yeah. Although I think he does do one of the force kisses on D'Amako, if my count is right. But.
0: He does. He, he gets a little too pushy mm-hmm. still because the boundaries were not as, you know, confined in the 90s. I yeah. Guess. Like, yeah. The boundaries were larger. <laughs>
1: and I think that this as a trope was more like seen romantic. And I, because I think that's how I saw it when I was a, a kid. Like, especially the like sleeping kiss, I was more like, oh, he likes her. And now I'm like, oh, God, don't do that. <laughs> Stop yes, exactly. yeah,
0: like that psychology today article that's been going around recently about how cis het men have trouble finding women to date because there are more we have higher <laughs> like standards of healthy relationships, mm. and everybody just keeps making fun of that on Twitter. It's like yeah, that yeah. it's like yeah. that <laughs> um. I also maybe would have liked to see Miki and Ginta actually like get together at least for a brief stint since she they did mutually like each other and then you just came in here with all his like created problems <laughs> of, of his own stuff and I'm like no.
1: Yeah, it's possible maybe it happens different in the anime but I had really felt like I remembered them dating for a while but like she did date Ginta and so maybe it happens in the anime and then they break up and then she goes oh. to you but like I don't know, I feel like that would have made me feel like there was more closure with that relationship with him if they actually tried it and it didn't work.
0: Right? Yeah, because this way we're always just but like, but would it have been better? You know, like what what would they have been like? Yeah,
1: yeah. And I mean, I don't know that she'd been had have been more happy with him or whatever, but That's not the point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would have liked to at least see it and then have the chance to like fail and then she goes to new instead of it just being all you know, her decision, which I mean, obviously she can make whatever decision she wants, but I would have liked to have seen it actually, like, tested out or something by them.
0: Yeah, like, not a big fan myself of being like, I'm just going on dates for experiments, which I know that people Mm -hmm. do, and like, just to learn things, like, fine, you do you, but like, I wouldn't do that. But in this way, I'm just like, it's not that, it's just I think they should
1: have given it a chance, like, and seen would go. <laughs> yeah. Although part of me is also like, he had his chance. She confessed to him like a year ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying he's not silly. Okay. Like, is that I
1: mean? yeah. So part of me is like, he
0: definitely also creates his own problems. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt where he wasn't really expecting you to show up and have him having like this rival for her love. Although apparently all of his guy friends like her. So I don't really know. Like, I don't, I don't know. But Yeah, part of me is like, nah, he didn't deserve a second chance.
0: (laughs) He didn't deserve it. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Fair enough. (laughs) All right, well, I think we've we've exhausted Marmalade Boy, at least for Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm sure somebody will come at us like, but you didn't bring up this thing. Okay, all right. Well, you know what? We recorded for two hours, so...
1: (laughs) In the anime, there is a little robot sh- that she like records stuff on. That's cute.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's
1: like a toy. Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So I think I think we're good here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna close it out. So everybody, thanks for listening to Show Don't Tell. Comments, questions, constructive criticism, concerns. Need to tell us how much you are tired of teacher student romances, <laughs> or if you really like you Amiki, Email shoujoontelle at gmail.com or leave a comment on the episode's YouTube page. or are at shoujoontelle on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram.
1: Lucy, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter and, like, increasingly on TikTok at Lucy and Bookland. And you can, of course, listen to my podcast, Clampcast in Wonderland, uh, where my co-host Robin and I are kind of doing a retrospective reread of all of Clamp's published series Uh, We do pretty in depth summaries, like kind of volume by volume, for anyone who can't get their hands on them, especially those series that are, you know, out of print at this point. Um, And then we kind of try to do a good amount of research to kind of give the context of what was happening, like both for Clamp and in like society and stuff. Um, And then we have like a discussion at the end. So it's fun.
0: (laughs) Yes, I think you don't have to agree with this. (laughs) But I, I think of like the Clamp episodes that I do with Asher as like Clamp 101. And then I'm like, ClampCast is like at least 200 level, oh. <laughs> if not 300 level, like English class <laughs> clamp, clamp
1: lessons. Here. I think they pair well. I think they pair well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So are you excited every time you see a new episode from us? If so, please consider leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts. This will help the podcast reach more hearts, or at least ears. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time for a skullface Bookseller Honda-san. That's halloween right? That's actually a coincidental lineup at this point, And this is riding on Asher having time to read four volumes of manga now that he works kind of almost full-time and has school again. So, oops, I don't know, yikes. We'll see what happens. We'll be back for something. Until then, bye. <laughs>